Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Shoppers John Deere presents live from West Palm Beach for the start of spring baseball. Thanks to Academy Sports and Outdoors, it's Payne and Pendergast on Sports Radio 610. All right, Astros spring training. Day four today for us. Day three was yesterday. 4-4 tie with the Red Sox. So we've now seen a, uh, a tie, a win, and a loss. We've seen it all. We've seen uh, Astro, pit, uh, Astro hitters strike out because they violated the pitch clock. Uh, we've seen Luis Garcia pitch like an award winner. We've seen Hunter Brown pitch like he uh, belongs back in AAA at least via the box score. Maybe he's working on some things. But he was wild yesterday. Yeah. There was no two ways about it. He, uh, he gave up uh, two runs in the first inning, his only inning that he pitched. And the uh, Red Sox made no hard contact against him. In fact, the only hit they had was a little squibber down to third base, an infield hit. But he had two walks, a hit-by-pitch. Uh, Maldi had a catcher's interference along the way that didn't help him. Oh, he, yeah. So there was that. I was just too, you know what? Maldi had a, an incredibly athletic leap across the plate to, uh, to, to tag somebody at home. Now, that was Presley's inning. That was the second yeah. inning. I, yeah, I know. I'm just thinking about Maldonado. Right no, no, now, I know. Yeah. I, I know. But we should point that out, too, is that Presley was not great either in the one yeah, inning. Yeah. Presley actually did give up a lot of hard contacts. Presley relied on the athleticism of a newly spry and svelte Martin Maldonado and, to get out of the inning. And the arm of a character named Justin Durden, who's had a nice little camp for himself so far. Been all over the place. Hit a home couple runs. Home runs. Couple, couple bombs, couple. yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and, and some nice defensive plays, yeah. too. So Durden, uh, as, as Polane said, uh, the fan base will likely be uh, tired of Kyle Tucker's contract demands and uh, be clamoring for Durden uh, by what maybe you, April, I guess. When you okay. can get a Durden on his rookie contract, all it, takes it allows is, you to do things like move on from Kyle Tucker. All it takes is for Kyle Tucker to get off to a slow start, and everybody will uh, now they'll hate him and be well, ready for Durden. That's not an if. That's been a when the last couple of years for Kyle Tucker, mostly because of bad luck. It's been that's an annual tradition. One of these, Kyle Tucker. Hitting screamers right at defenders for the first two months. If you're one of these people who worries about uh, what actually happened as opposed to what's expected to have happened yeah. based on X stats, yeah. Yeah. You know me, Sean. I'm all about the X stats. I know you are. I know you are. <laughs> Tucker you has, it's weird, though. It is, if Tucker ends up having really bad luck this year, again, I, I got to feel like there's something up. The baseball gods or Manfred or somebody has something against them. Something. There's something going on. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, so that was yesterday. Hunter Brown, not great, but we'll see. It's one, it's one game. Um, Jose Altuve, his second game of spring training. Of course, he struck out three times on Monday against the Marlins. Yesterday against the Red Sox. Didn't get on base either. Made contact, at least. Here was Jose Altuve. This is an exchange, about a minute long, uh, with Jose Altuve and the media down in the clubhouse, largely centered around his adjustment to the speed 
of the pitch clock and having to get ready so quickly between pitches. Two games with the new rules, the pitch clock and the, sh- and the band and the shift. How do you feel? How do you feel about? How do you feel after playing in it for two games? Yeah, give me more time. Yeah, it's not enough. It does seem like you've been really good defensively. These first two games, made some yes, I'm really, some really good plays. Yeah, really working on defense, really focus on make the plays and a lot of good things on defense. So I feel like I can play good second base this year. So when you leave to go to WBC, you have about another week here in camp. I know yeah, it's not far yeah. To go. Uh, about one more week, maybe a little more, and just play as many games as possible. Get ready and, like I said, go represent my country. Did you get? Any more comfortable with the pitch clock today? Well, like I said, give me you know a few more games, and you know I will make my adjustment. But give me more games. They're not going to have it um, in the WBC. So when you come back here, you almost have to like start over. Yeah. Is there any way to prepare for it other than just getting in for live at bats? I think just uh, live at bats and playing. It's just to get used to it. Yeah. I, it was when he said, "Yeah." That it was uh, almost kind of like, yeah, yeah. It, it felt, it felt like if you really want let go, it'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, like it's he, bogus, bro. That was Spillane that asked that <laughs> yeah. sequence of questions. I'm like, he's gonna hit you. <laughs> I don't know. It didn't seem like he was mad at Spillane. I felt like he was just like an exasperated, yeah, like, yeah, yeah no, like that's all we can his, do. His average length of answer yeah. about the pitch clock yeah. was like four and a half words. Yeah, yeah. His average length of answer on anything else was, you know, well, 34 and a half words. words. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I think it, I, I, I was watching it yesterday and I almost feel like they should give him um, like some extra large uh, tabs on his gloves. To make it easier to uh, unvelcro <laughs> like and revelcro when he does it, yeah, just do something so real quick, yeah. Go well, kind of like the arthritis caps on an Advil, right? You know, have you ever accidentally bought the arthritis ones and I it's have. like this this monstrous wheel of a top that's easy to open? I used to do live reads a long time ago with the yeah. station for a computer company. I think it was called MyGate, and they did computers for senior citizens. Oh, it's like and big monitors. But and big monitors and button the buttons were gigantic. The buttons Ooh. looked like whack a mole. No, not like that fun. big. But like they were they were big buttons. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he or needs. Like you're playing one of those big fun <laughs> pianos from he, the movie Big. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Robert Loggia, like st- yeah, stamping yeah. around on it with Tom Hanks. Um Jose Altuve needs geriatric batting gloves. Yeah. That's what he needs. You're right. That's a good idea by you. And uh or just get rid of the adjusting the wrist straps altogether. No I don't think he it's can part do of that. his brand. We were, I was talking about with Spillane um, yesterday, and, and he, was, he was making some good points about the pitch clock in general. But then, like with Altuve, if you think about the actual, you know, when you have that ritual going, and when you're a guy like Altuve who's pretty, like, heady about thinking, you know, thinking about what pitches he's seen, sure. what might come next, what's he want to do, what's he looking for, it's like his routine has probably a specific stage of thought with each action as he's stepping out of the box and thinking about what he just saw, what he knows of this pitcher and his tendencies, and then he's getting back in. Sort of like almost, it's not just reframing what you do physically as a habit. It's like changing your pace of thought about all that stuff too. Um, One of our listeners earlier uh, uh, thought that this is going to affect offense and that they're going to have to you know change things at some point because of it. 
for whatever it's worth, in the minors last year, it didn't affect any of the stats really significantly one way or the other. It's different in the majors because the I mean, the pitchers and hitters are smarter and they know each other better. So, you know, perhaps it does skew in favor of the pitchers with less time to think about it. But I don't know. That they, they, there's so much that's unknown. I don't know if there's a way you can really – I think that's a big thing you just hit. There's so much that's unknown about yeah. it. I just from having watched it in person these three days, trying to exercise logic on how different uh, different jobs within baseball can prepare for the rule changes. I feel like pitchers have an initial advantage. Like I feel like it's harder as a hitter to adapt. Yeah. To, and they, well, the last question I asked Jose there in that clip right there, like how do you? How do you prepare for this? You know, is there any way that you can simulate it? I mean, the question was shorter than that, but that was the gist of my question. Um, And he said just live at-bats. Like, it's the only thing. Yeah. I feel like the adjustment for hitters is going to be longer than for pitchers. Especially, yeah, and if you're I have no idea if if I'm right, but that's what I feel. Yeah, and I guess if you're a pitcher, if you're a batter that just stays in the box and you've got an advantage, if you're a pitcher who already worked fast, you have an advantage. But I do think that, I mean – Probably pitchers probably do themselves more harm than good most of the time when they take forever, and especially if they're shaking off the catcher. Like, all right, dude, come on, bro. The catcher's smarter than you. Like, it just in terms of like having a game plan and studying and and like re- being able to see the game as it's unfolding. Like in general, you should be taking the catcher's advice. So maybe the guys that maybe guys that used to shake off a few too many calls uh, will actually just start. Pitching better because the catcher's calling the game. I do think the batter's inability now to call timeout just to kind of take a step back and breathe for a little bit is, yeah. is an interesting wrinkle. You know, like you're in the box, there's no like, you're you know, there. they do that a lot. Like sometimes, you know what, timeout, time, unlimited timeouts before in baseball. A mosquito is biting my shin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be the worst. <laughs> but if you, got a, if you got a bug on your face, you just got to sit there. You got to sit there, man. You got to sit there with a bug on your face. Got to eat it. Uh, here was Dusty Baker. We know that Dusty Baker, when he was asked about Jordan Alvarez the other day, cited HIPAA as a reason to be uh, to be obtuse about it. Uh, Dana Brown was much more, the GM was much more forthcoming and said, we expect Jordan to start playing games again in the middle of spring training, and we expect him, fully expect him to be there on opening day. So they circled back to Dusty yesterday and asked him about Jordan Alvarez, and here's what the manager had to say. Yeah, he's getting closer. Yeah. Um... We, we haven't really, you know, that's the estimate, you know, by Dana. We hadn't really set up a, a deadline, uh, but you'd like to, you know, get him some at-bats and stuff before you start the season. We don't know exactly when. Hey, Dusty, guess what? You have a GM that talks now. <laughs> well, that's an estimate by Dana. <laughs> Uh-oh. Get used to it. These two are going to start being at odds with each other. Well, we Remember, should... uh, let's see, when we saw that with David Culley and uh, and Nick Casario, remember? Casario oh. would um, – who was the player? There was some – Casario had given us an answer and then like a half. Oh, it was it, about the quarterbacks. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was about the quarterbacks. Gave an answer. To Rod Taylor, yeah. Oh, yeah, he basically about who was going to start. was yeah. going to be. That's right, yeah. Um, yeah, Casario was trying to play close to the vest, and a half hour later, yeah. uh, he, he's like, "Yeah, Terod gives us the best chance to win." Or well, when he's like healthy that. and he comes yeah. back, yeah, it'll be Terod. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what it was. Um, we should mention here, uh, Adam Spillane is getting a one-on-one with Dana Brown today oh. over at uh, spring training. So, hey, speaking of HIPAA, did you know? <laughs> Didn't see that coming. <laughs> since since one thing we've discovered since we're in Florida is that you're very now 
uh, keen to the danger of falling coconuts. Yeah. Because you feel like you've almost been brained by one in our front yard. Correct. The, the falling co- coconuts uh, kill 150 people a year. Yes. Do you remember whether hippos kill more or fewer people than coconuts? Uh, I remember the list you sent me. Yeah. It was very kind of you to send me that list, too, because of my new fear of falling coconuts. To let you know. To that, let yeah. me know that it kills a lot of people. It's, what, it's on, on a list of... 13 things that kill people that you probably might not realize get kill that many people. More yeah. sharks. Yeah. It was 13 things that kill more people than yeah. sharks. It wasn't like year. a specific category or anything. At first, no. at first, no, if I remember, I, I almost said before I, before I went to this list, I almost said, you know, on that list of uh, animals that kill you in which in my mind, a coconut is an animal apparently, <laughs> uh, but it was kind of other stuff. Okay. Yeah. If I remember, if I'm remembering correctly from your list, yeah. coconuts, we're third on the list. Yeah. They kill 100 falling coconuts, kill 150 people a year. I remember number one was mosquitoes. Which is bogus. It's debatable, yeah. Well, because it's malaria that yeah. kills people. So that's, a, that's like saying that a person that, like, whoever gave me, <laughs> like, if somebody dies of COVID and somebody gave it to them, that person. People kill people. That guy's wife killed him. Yeah. How? She transmitted COVID yeah, to him. She yeah. Coughed on him. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I believe hippos I were. I died mo- of Steve. If I'm what not- do you mean? Well, AIDS technically, but Steve, really. <laughs> if I'm not, I died of syringe. Do you know how many people die of syringe needles? Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. Uh, so um, if I remember correctly, hippos, hippos were ahead. They were the only yeah. like walking creature ahead of falling coconuts, and it was like a little under 3,000 per year. Yeah, it's 2,900 hippo yeah. deaths per year. I don't buy that. I don't think they How kill do that many people. you get killed by a hippo? Well, they're they're aggressive. Do they do they, they charge stamp on and you? stamp and okay, everything? Yeah, okay, yeah. They don't even right. eat, they don't even eat you or anything. They are not portrayed that way. They don't take advantage of that. Well, they're just such big goofy idiots. Yeah, that's why they kill so many people. because oh. people call them big goofy idiots. Oh yeah, they're like look at you, you big idiot. But they're take gigantic. It yeah. yeah, it's like an angry vehicle. Yeah, almost. So yeah, that's true. I don't buy that they kill 2,900, though. If they kill 2,900, there, you know what there wouldn't be a lot of? What? Uh, enough hippos to kill 2,900 yeah, people. Yeah, we would wipe like, out hippos. In most of the places where people would be getting killed by hippos, they, I, I'm not buying that one. We would wait. If I remember correctly, on that list you sent of the 13 things, yeah. there were only three that weren't another living creature. There, weren't, there were only three that weren't an animal of some sort. Killing people more yeah. than sharks. It was it was uh, falling coconuts, yeah. lightning strikes, yeah. and champagne corks. It says uh, three lightning strikes per year. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. To, uh, That seems low, doesn't it? It does. It would be higher than that. It does, yeah. This yeah. is, and then um, sharks, it's less than one per year in the USA and less than six worldwide. Okay. Another thing, though, too, I, I don't like the stats when people say, well, you know, a uh, shark is such and such less likely to kill you than uh, a horse kick, for instance. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, like, on any given day of the year, you're unlikely to be out in the ocean. Yeah. You know, like, tell me about percentage of swimmers or anything. People act, there's, like, this campaign to somehow, uh, like, paint great white sharks as this gentle creature They're or something. Not, no. If you see a shark fin in the water, yeah. you get the hell away from it. Absolutely. I'm not going to be out there and be like, well, you know, actually, lightning strikes kill more. <laughs> yeah. You know what happens when there's a lightning storm? Right. You get the hell away and from it. You go it. inside. You grab a sheet of metal and find the tallest tree you can find and stand underneath it. Why are people actually, not out do there? That, kids. Why are people not out there saying, like, well, actually, lightning isn't, uh, lightning, uh, isn't actually that dangerous. It only kills three a year. Of all the, the creature ways of dying, like yeah. the creature stinging you or eating you or stamping on you, which is the one that is the most torturous to you? 
Ants looks rough. Ants is the worst one to me. Fire ants or whatever. Yeah. They, there's 50 people. I found the list. There's 50 people a year that die of fire ant. Because you got to get. Boy, I was just thinking how that take a long time. And just think about when you know, have you ever had them crawl like on your foot or yes, something? It just, yes, yes. It's, it's awful. It's terrible. Maybe it doesn't take that long though. If they swarm you, swarm you. Oh, maybe you, like you go into I shock. I need it quickly. to take a second and a half at the most. The hippo thing sounds pretty good. I'm not buying 24 champagne cork deaths either. I don't know. There's I a feel lot like of dumbasses like in bars. Champagne cork followed by a crack to the <laughs> noggin with a with, oh, the, yeah. with, the, with the bottle Maybe itself. Maybe the cork or something. It, it starts off a sequence of things. I yeah. like to I like to christen my fight opponents like a ship, right. With a right. with a champagne bottle. SS pain. <laughs> Here you go, Sean. Yeah, yeah. Smack. <laughs> the uh, jellyfish thing too. I guess that would be a rough one. Yeah, I need one that happens quickly. When I I was a young child. Uh, we had a pony that was killed by bees, and that wasn't a fun sight. That was, uh, yeah. That Did was... you like? Were you fond of the pony? Was that was that like losing a pet? No, I didn't. It wasn't. I mean, it was a horse. It wasn't a pony. We didn't okay. ride it, so it must have been a horse. Okay. I thought I remember calling it a pony. Okay. Um, but yeah, like it just got swarmed and killed by bees. Oh, and I remember man. thinking, like, I don't want to go that way. Yeah. That was a that was a rough way to go. Yep. Yep. So, uh, falling coconuts more treacherous than most of the things that we just uh, that we just talked about, and yet you make fun of me for being afraid of the falling coconut. As, as one of our listeners said, every single one of those people that got killed by a falling coconut probably had it coming. Oh, like or they were going to get killed. People keep they, saying that they were going to get like killed. Talking about me, they were going to get killed by something eventually. Probably. What about like in New York City when people walk and those old like gargoyles and stuff, or just terracotta stuff up on those old just buildings, falls. just randomly falls. Yeah. Like, how do you ever, and like, and it's very rare, I'm sure. Oh, it's a, there. Don't worry. I know those gargoyles are as gentle as sharks, but it happens. No. So, like, when you're walking down the street, I don't know how you ever, like, stop worrying about that. Well, just walking next to a high rise that's got a whole side of the building with balconies facing out. Like, yeah. one dumbass drops a penny or something like that. Well, the penny's a myth. That's yeah, it. Yeah, but it would still hurt. <laughs> <laughs> It would hurt. Yeah. You want to go stand outside? I'll drop a penny on your head from 40 stories. They were, uh, they did that one on Mythbusters. I remember. Was the myth that they drop it and it would just like slice through your body? Yeah. yeah, yeah I like put that. a hole in the sidewalk. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. In the Empire State Building specifically, they were like, it actually can't even make it. Yeah, like it just gets of, blows away. Well, yeah, or the wind like blows it back into. There's a bunch of terraces underneath and yeah. everything. So like, unless you really, even if you try to throw it, oh, great. you can't get enough loft on now it. Now when so. I'm sitting on my 15th story terrace, I got to worry about story number 40 dropping a penny and it blowing back and hitting me in the chest. You are more likely to die from a couch thrown out the window by Antonio <laughs> Brown than you are a uh, great white shark <laughs> or a penny. <laughs> we need a revised list. Yeah. All right. Um, up next, Seth is going to give. Excuse me, give. His most unpopular take of 2023 so far. That is next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. 
And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Shoppers John Deere presents live from West Palm Beach for the start of spring baseball. Thanks to Academy Sports and Outdoors, it's Payne and Pendergast on Sports Radio 610. All right, so the NFLPA, the union, did a survey of 1,300 players on working conditions for their players in and around their facilities and relating to their families and things like that uh, in the past year. 1,300 players provided information to share, with one, to share with one another about their current club to not only help them make more important career decisions but help raise standards across the league. The categories that the players were surveyed on were things like <clears throat> treat, <clears throat> excuse me, treatment of families, food service and nutrition, weight room, strength coaches, training room, training staff, locker room, and team travel. So all the things in the building, all the yeah. things about getting to games and how families get treated were, were, the, were the eight categories, Seth, that the players were, were surveyed on for all 32 teams. And it's a really interesting survey. It's basically like the report card for everything but your football team. Yeah, <laughs> this is what yeah, it is. Yeah, exactly. Everything except actual wins. Yeah, so we, so we preface what we're about to say by understanding that you're going to grade the Houston Texans largely on their one loss record as fans. But I think this is important because I got to imagine, I'm going to get to the results here, I promise. Yeah. Um, the Texans did very well in this. And I know that we, you and I were talking about this yesterday. Um, the Texans finished fourth out of all 32 teams yeah. across these categories. Yeah. When it comes to really things involved, like player care mostly. Yeah. Like the resources they have available to players for all of those things and uh, like how well the players think the team is doing at it. Yeah, yeah. So the, the low score for them in the eight categories I just outlined was training room was a B. Everything else was everywhere from B-plus to A-plus. Treatment of families, B-plus. Training room, just for people that don't know, that's like the, the athletic trainers. Right. So where you go to get your ankles taped, sports Not the weight room. They got an A for that. the weight room. Yeah. yeah. Uh, tre- treatment of families, B-plus. Food service and nutrition, B-plus. Weight room, A. Strength coaches, A. Training room, B, as we just mentioned. Training staff, which is the medical trainers, yeah. A-plus. Locker room. So the facilities suck locker by, by comparison. Plus. Locker room, B-plus, and they just redid the locker room, but B-plus is still pretty good. Team travel, A-plus. Yeah. Um, so two things. One, 
Do you think free agents, when they're making decisions, take a look at this report card? Um, I don't know if they look at that report card, although this is new as far as I can tell. I don't think I've I never seen it. We before. would have seen it before. So maybe they, they do now, but I think a lot of it comes down to just the reputation that teams get in general ends up mattering somewhat. It's not completely. I mean, ultimately, the biggest factor is money. Uh, but it does. I mean, you know what it does do? I think sometimes it, it matters in terms of free agency retention. I think there are guys that yeah. are more willing. Remember Jonathan Joseph talking about Cincinnati and just it was a place that when you were there, you were just waiting to get out. Yeah. You know, like twenty seventh on the list, by the way. You're not going to take a hometown discount necessarily. No, yeah. to well, get yeah, charged for socks. Bengals are the only team in the league that doesn't offer health supplements to their players, okay. and that's not even that's something that's like for helping performance, right? You know, a little dab of creatine. It's crazy, please. It's, it's crazy. Um, okay. I want to get to the bottom teams in this yeah. in a second, um, but you and I were talking yesterday. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Sub-programs. Yeah, this is totally like Jack Easterby deserves some credit for this. I was like, I'll be 100% open. I've, it's I've a record been, scratch you just heard. That was car screeching no, I've in been, Houston. I've been open about this. That Like anybody else in life, usually, there's some good things that they bring to the table. You brought that up. Yeah, before. it's just that Easter, like Easterby and the stuff he did with the sub-programs, uh, it was it was some really good stuff. Like they have like look they have director they have a director of movement and return to performance. They have a director of team wellness. They have yeah. a director of Texans health. They have uh, the, the the Dylan Thompson, their director of team development. He's basically like their character. Their coach character coach, guy. yeah. Uh, director of applied sports science. They have a lot of things that frankly cost a lot of money. I think each one of those individuals, as well as many other sub program directors, probably make a pretty good salary. Uh, you know, ultimately, that's a reflection on Cal being willing to spend money. Yes. There, there are a lot of things the teams would like to do that the owners are just too stingy to do. If you look at the bottom teams, we'll get to them in yeah. a second. The theme, one of the recurring themes across the bottom set of teams in the league is that the players, by and large, in droves, feel like the owner is not willing to invest yeah. the money to improve all of these things that they're getting Ds and Cs and Fs in. 97% of the Texans' locker room believe – that the McNairs are willing to invest money into upgrading the facilities, which plays into what you and I have said about, about Cal, which is, you know, the, the owner, the job of an owner is to hire good people and invest the money and the resources to succeed as a football team. Yeah. Cal has spared no expense in trying to get this thing right. Unfortunately, a lot of the expense is paying coaches that they fire. A lot of, a lot of the expense is paying for failing at the first thing, which is hiring the right people. Right. Now we feel like they've hired the right people. Yeah. You know, we feel that way. Now we got to see it play out on the football field. Yeah, like Easterby, I mean, Easterby w- had the right frame of mind when it came to a lot of that stuff. It was uh, it was the stuff that he did poorly that was the really damaging stuff. Yeah. It was um but this stuff I was always very much a fan of. So, uh the the fact that they have a lot of that should help D'Amico out a lot. And D'Amico is into like he had said from after playing for Chip Kelly, kind of trying to find all those edges in different places. Um, you know, they've got that, that walkthrough room that they use, the virtual walkthrough, room, all these different things that for a sport where it's A, very physically damaging, and B, because of that, you have to find different ways to improve other than like you just can't go out and practice to the same level and degree that you do in baseball or basketball. You got to find other ways to, to improve players. And I think the Texans are actually ahead of the curve. Well, and, and to some degree, I would imagine and D'Amico didn't have this report card in front of him, yeah. you know, but a, he's a former player. So he's probably hypersensitive to these things and B 
he had been in the building before. So he knew that the team was probably pretty good in those areas, and yeah. that's going to help him be a better head coach, incrementally. Yeah, okay. they've all – no, and it is. There's, there's stingy teams, and there's teams that aren't so stingy. I wonder where the Patriots fall on this. I thought – okay, yeah. In the bottom quarter. I would have thought so because Kraft's kind of got a reputation as yeah. a stingy guy when it comes to stuff. In the upper yeah. quartile, the upper quartile, they're not even close to the upper quartile. <laughs> so that – there is no – there's not really a direct correlation here. I mean, there's some good teams that are in the top third. There's uh, good teams that are in the bottom third and vice versa. The Super Bowl champs are 29th. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like uh, this is a pathway to glory uh, definitively. They have summaries of each team. Yeah. Can I read to you a few of the sentences from the teams that scored poorly? Yes. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars were 28th on this list. They had a big issue. Yeah, they did. Um they're one of the worst-ranked franchises in the league. No shortage of complaints. When asked what the number one thing they want to change at their facility, the answer was unanimous. Get rid of the rats. Players, <laughs> you mean, you mean play- guys like snitching on other people? <laughs> no, not Mike Fires. Oh. That's a complaint with the Astros. Yeah. Uh, no, players reported that for three or four weeks this season, there was a rat infestation in the locker room and laundry hampers. <laughs> Seth, when you were Laundry kid- hampers? Laundry hampers. Can you imagine going and like, throwing a towel into the into the laundry bin and like this rat just pops up and is like staring at you. Oh, dude, rats scare the hell out of rats. Scare me more than hippos. Well, yeah, and coconuts. That's a, yes. I'm just trying to think how that Barely. happened. Why were there rats? Do they have like was it raining forever in Jacksonville? I don't. It doesn't there? say. It doesn't give the reason. A why. A rat infestation in the locker room for in weeks, the laundry hamper for weeks. That's three a, and four weeks. Honestly, that's something most NFL facilities. You find out there's rats, that's eradicated immediately. Like they're gonna like that's not gonna that's not yeah. gonna stand. Yeah. Mostly because guy a lot of guys are big babies about it. Yeah. <laughs> They'll freak out. Yeah. Um the Kansas City Chiefs, twenty ninth overall. The most notable thing from their overview, feedback on the training room was also notable. Player respondents called for a more welcoming environment and several players had negative opinions about head trainer Rick Burkholder. Oh no, Rick. Feeling that he does not treat players fairly in consistency or consistently. Is he a two comma guy? Or with personal care. No, it's two not comma guys a, holder. It's no, 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 no. The oh, a two comma trainer is a guy that just tends to tends to tape the ankles of the super rich guys with two commas in their salary. Oh, in their salary. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, you're a two comma joke. You should rag on me more. I just yeah. confused a comma with a hyphen, but I appreciate you just letting that go. <laughs> this, this was the only one that I read that named a specific person in it. Yeah. Rick Burkholder. Not good for his uh, employee evaluation. <sighs> yeah. I got an answer for that. You know, this one rule is a <laughs> you never want to be mentioned in, in a the negative way NFLPA in an FLPA card. player survey. That's, That's right. a rule. That's Rick right. Burkholder? Rick Burkholder. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as far as the uh, okay, this is a good one. The Chargers. Yeah, the Chargers. I'm looking at a picture of Burkholder. Does he right look now. like someone who would be a two comma guy? He's got. A, Let me see. He's got a. Sketchy oh look about yeah, him. yeah. <laughs> he would definitely hit on your wife for sure. He looks like an annoying guy at a country club. Okay, this is one I want from you as a former player. I want your take on this. The Chargers finished thirtieth on this list of, yeah. of of again. We're going through a report card that the NFLPA did. Thirteen hundred players rated teams based on off the field things like the training room, the weight room, treatment of families, etc. For the Chargers, the one sentence that stood out to me, and I had to go vomit right after I read this, the maintenance for the hot and cold tubs is lacking, with multiple <laughs> respondents calling them, quote, gross. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, so they probably don't, they're not cleaning them out all that much. you got scum in them and everything. Yeah, that's a, I guess. That's a big deal. Yeah. You, you like to encourage guys to use those hot and cold right, tubs. Right, right. But then also, man, like there's that's always... nasty. Sometimes that might just be a reflection of... They might have like two or three really nasty dudes on the team. you got to cut them. That treat like the, the cold tub like they're 
like their shower, you know. <laughs> but sir, it's Justin Herbert. Yeah, cut him. Cut I don't him. Care. Yeah. He looks a little greasy. He does. Yeah, he's got a greasy look about I him. Totally see him griming up a cold tub. Yeah. Actually, no, it would be a hot tub because I don't think he's got the moxie to get into a cold tub. Justin we, Herbert. We had a guy gave up a twenty-seven nothing lead. We had a guy one year who peed in the cold tub. I'm not going to say his name because. It's what does it rhyme with? Be known for. No, just... <laughs> um, it's uh, but he and I like usually you pee in a you pee in a pool and nobody can tell, right? But this for whatever reason because it's a cold tub, I guess uh, I don't know if it lingers longer or whatever. Really? And it might even because it was training camp, so it was like super yellow. Ew! I wasn't, I wasn't in there, but like yeah, uh. like they, the the reports were that yeah he totally was. Now you got to remember the cold tub; it's like a little jacuzzi size thing, like a big jacuzzi. Yeah, where you've got like. 15 guys standing there together after a practice. Oh, it's so not, it's not like a huge uh, swimming pool where things are diluted. I'll or be anything. honest. When I picture a cold tub, I've always pictured those individual ones that people see. No, no. They've like got in the like, state farm commercial with Mahomes. Yeah. They have most teams have a pretty big one that you stand in too, with like a, in a group setting. Oh, that's so everybody nasty. Can get in afterwards. Yeah. Oh, that's nasty. Yeah. Um, the Arizona Cardinals. You want to hear their complaint from their players? They are second to worst. By the way, the Washington Commanders are the worst. Yeah, <laughs> big shock. Yeah, um, like yeah, they're they're dead last in a bunch of stuff. Everything except like their trainer got an A, and they're like F and everything. The worst ranked weight room, which some players feel is a safety hazard and outdated, and they have a policy of deducting dinner from players' paychecks should they want to get food from the facility. Where's that? Arizona. Oh, Arizona. Okay. Shoo 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 shoo. They'll uh, they'll fix that. I'm surprised JJ stood for that. I mean, he's not worried about the the cost or anything, but the actual the facility itself. The, yeah. Well, well, you can see the uh, the facility on those Gannon videos, and I looked around. I'm like, that that doesn't look like the nicest weight room in the world. Really? It's got like old. Uh, they got a bunch of old universal like, machines yeah, in there. Yeah, in like a basement. <laughs> it's, there's no light in there. It's yeah. It's uh, a little lot in the room. They've got an expanded weight room. Oh, it's a picture of Gannon with it. So they just renovated. They must have gotten word about like how bad the weight room was. Yeah. I wonder if the way they could have landed Gannon with that old weight room. I wonder if when they were trying to hire a real football coach instead of a a TikTok football coach like Cliff Kingsbury, (laughs) they were like, you know, Cliff Kingsbury. They probably they probably took him out to some some late night after party or something uh, to to woo him. Where the other now that they're hiring actual football coaches, they're like, oh. Look, you know, we probably better get a real weight room. This guy might want to know where the stadium is. Yeah. I'm like, Cliff. So that's gotten better already. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, Payne and Pendergast with you. We're live in Florida, West Palm Beach. We're headed to Astros Cardinals in Jupiter today. Adam Spolane getting an exclusive today with uh, – exclusive for today. Other people have talked to Dana Brown, but Spolane is getting a one-on-one with Dana Brown today that I'm sure you will hear uh, clips of throughout the – Uh, throughout the day here on Sports Radio 610. Up next, the Daily Mock Draft Injection. We go to Pro Football Network this time, which has a saucy one. I tell you what, the the player they got the Texans taking it to caught a ton of heat from me and Seth on the text page yesterday. So prepare to be triggered. That is next. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Shoppers John Deere presents live from West Palm Beach for the start of spring baseball. Thanks to Academy Sports and Outdoors, it's Payne and Pendergast on Sports Radio 610. All right, this is a fun one. We do a, a daily mock draft injection each day right before headlines to uh, lay out the draft through different sets of eyeballs, evaluate what others are thinking the Texans may be doing here, profootballnetwork.com. Fairly new website, and they've got a mock draft up. It's kind of fun because they actually have mixed some trades in here, including one the Texans are involved in, but not with the pick that you would think. They have traded the, uh, well, they traded the 12th overall pick. We'll get to that. They did not move with the second pick, though. Um, Somebody did in this draft. It's who the Texans are taking it to that I think will get people worked up all over again. We'll get to it in a second. But in this particular draft, the the Indianapolis Colts in the Pro Football Network mock draft trade up to one from four. And with that, the Bears receive the fourth pick, obviously. But then they get the 35th pick, second rounder. They get a third rounder. They get a first rounder in 24 and a second rounder in 24. This is basically a souped-up Laramie Tunsil trade to move up three spots. Yeah, Two yeah. firsts, two seconds, and a third. Because they really, really, really like Bryce Young. I don't think even Chris Ballard likes Bryce Young that much. I don't think so, and I don't. I think I'm starting to get a feel, and I yes, I know nobody's being completely honest um, 
this time of year, except that I think Chris Ballard, in speaking openly yesterday, almost said it as a matter of course that they're going to be drafting a quarterback. Um, and I don't think he would have said that if they if they thought they had to trade up for a specific guy. I think that I think that a lot of these quarterbacks are probably graded pretty equally um, uh, at the top of the draft, and and that a lot of the GMs are thinking like, well, you know what. Six of one, half dozen of the other. If Stroud's there, we'll take Stroud. If Bryce Young's there, we'll take Bryce Young. Uh, maybe they like Will uh, Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. Um, I don't know, but I just I, I don't think that anyone is so far ahead of the curve that Ballard is like, yeah, we got to get that guy. I don't know that anybody would give that up to move up three spots yeah. for Bryce Young, yeah. and I sure as hell don't think Chris Ballard would. And we actually the audio for Ballard we actually have. We'll play it a little later on uh, after headlines. Um, well, so- especially you know, like a, a lot of it does feel since Texans fans remember this, you know the the Mario Williams Reggie uh, Reggie Bush here. I mean, it wasn't Reggie Bush was very very famous, but people didn't really think of him as like, a, oh yeah, slam dunk number one overall franchise change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nor did they didn't think of that way of Vince Young, and it, so nobody really wanted to trade up there. And yeah. I think that's where Bryce Young is right now. Um, they like a lot of things about him, just like people liked a lot of things about Reggie Bush, but they just don't think of him as a slam dunk number one overall. So Bryce Young is now off the board. So let's do the Texans here, Ben. Give it to me. Thank you. Texans do go quarterback with the second pick in the Pro Football Network mock draft. The Houston Texans select Anthony Richardson, quarterback, Florida. Boy, oh, boy. We talked a lot about Richardson yesterday. Here's yeah. what they say, Seth. Bobby Slowick is the Texans' new OC under D'Amico Ryans. He'd been with the Niners since 2017, was their passing game specialist in 2021, and passing game coordinator in 2022 with Trey Lansenhouse. Could he push for a similarly toolsy prospect as his QB1? It's February, so as Kevin Garnett once said, anything is possible. Anthony Richardson has all the physical tools to be an elite NFL quarterback, and with his presence on the ground, his floor may actually be higher than some project. Wait, I'm sorry. I can't get past Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett. <laughs> Is Kevin Garnett the only one that said that? Well, What's he kind of trade like he he quasi trademarked it by screaming it into the microphone. Everybody he thinks did? of him. Everybody thinks of him. When people say anything is possible. Oh, you know what? I don't. I guess you, I don't. You remember that? No, I mean I remember it. I just don't think of it as like yeah, I, like 400 million people have said that. Throughout I bet time. if you put it in your GIF searcher yeah. there, Kevin the, Garnett. The Kevin come Garnett up. comes yeah, back. Yeah. All right, okay. So Anthony Richardson. Yeah. We, you and I talked about him in pretty glowing terms yesterday. Yeah. Which led to a lot of people coming at us saying, "Are you guys right? No, it, it does are not. You guys married to Anthony Richardson. It does not seem like a Nick Casario move, especially because he talks about accuracy so much. And that's where Will Levis and Anthony Richardson really fall off compared to C.J. Stroud uh, or Bryce Young. But I think that with I think with Anthony Richardson, part of it is that it depends on which game you saw. It depends on when in the season you saw it. And it depends on how much you want to give him an excuse for A, inexperience, and B, for, uh, for the fact that he improved, or though he didn't have weaponry on the outside, like he didn't have a lot of guys to throw to. Now, missing a wide open guy, uh, it's not an excuse to say, yeah, but that guy's not that good. Like, yeah, I don't know, but he was wide open. So, um, yeah, there are a lot of downsides to that, and I do think that, I, I do think that the guy, the team that takes Anthony Richardson, 
as they take him, are going to be thinking, oh, I wish this was 10 years ago because we could have gotten Anthony Richardson in the second round. Yeah. But things just are the way they are. He's got a lot of upside, but certainly some like very visible issues right now. Josh Allen is screwing all of us. Yeah, yeah. I'd be surprised if the Texans do that. Um, yeah, I would too. I do. Like, I'm intrigued by his upside, but like more, more times than not, more times than not, the upside uh, remains upside for a long time. Yeah, and not. It, it, but so second overall, um, I just just somebody do it. Does somebody do it in the top five? I think somebody does it. I think Casario cares too much about accuracy. I do too. Yeah, I think if that were to happen, it's more likely they take C.J. Stroud, right? Who actually goes third to the Panthers yeah. in this draft. Now Stroud doesn't have the same glistening athleticism and upside and all of that but you can see already okay if if situations are correct um and things are right he's he performs at a higher a much higher level than than anthony richardson it's just it's this is what sucks about scouting it's like anthony richardson hasn't been in the same environment as as cj stroud if he had if he had a few years to spend at ohio state uh and got his chance to start around that level of talent, yeah. it it's, certainly would be at least better. I think Stroud's got enough athletic ability. Yeah. I think it's like, you know, uh, John Harris's comp to him is Joe Burrow. Yeah. You know, where he's got enough to move around if he needs to. Right, right, right. Yeah. Right, but that, I mean, that's, but, uh, like, but it's not Anthony Richardson. No, I'm not saying yeah. it is. Yeah, no, I'm just saying, like, as far as, it, is, right, no, all these not, guys have enough athletic ability. Yeah. That's not even a question. Anthony yeah. Richardson, part of his upside is like, oh, okay, he could crush you in, in that way. Gotcha. You know, like yep. C.J. Stroud's not going to – C.J. Stroud looked like, oh, wow, against Georgia, he actually, he actually improvised a little bit, but it's not his calling card or anything. All right, let's do the 12th pick, uh, Ben. Oh, the Texans aren't picking 12th because there was a trade. The Texans traded the 12th pick in a 2024 fourth-rounder to the Cincinnati Bengals for wide receiver T. Higgins. Oh. Yeah, wide receiver T. Higgins. The Bengals GM was just uh, basically warning people that he's got a shotgun protecting T. Higgins. Yeah. And that he's not going to – there's no way in hell he's going to be parting with T. Higgins. His name is Duke Tobin, the GM, which yeah. sounds like somebody who would have a shotgun. Don't mess with the Duke. That's a shotgun name. Uh, here was Duke Tobin on teams trying to get their greasy mitts on T. Higgins. I'm in the business of making the Cincinnati Bengals better, and so trading T. Higgins is not on my mind. That's their problem. They want a receiver. Go find your own. You know, in, in my my opinion, you know, T. Higgins is a good piece for the Cincinnati Bengals. So, the trade stuff is a little ridiculous right now. Duke sounds like a guy that. Um when he went and took his firearm safety class and bought his first uh, first rifle, he then uh, nicknamed himself Duke. He's like, hey, by the way, honey, from now on, I want you to call me Duke. His real name okay? is Harold. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> just so you know. Okay, yeah. I might get a motorcycle next year. I'm the Duke now. Yes. <laughs> um, so uh, I like the they can fi- like find your own wide receiver. There's that scene in Goodfellas where Lorraine Bracco uh, is Henry Hill's wife, yeah. and she goes to the building where his Gumar lives, his girlfriend lives, and she's banging on the intercom there. Yeah. Like, Janice Rossi, you are a whore! Yeah. Find your own man! Find your own man! Um, would you like this trade if the Texans what was it? did? What was his girlfriend doing while she was doing that? Was she laughing? Or she was, was she sitting scared? curled up in the fetal position she in her apartment. Scared. She was she scared. She wasn't happy about she it. She was scared, yeah. I watched the she scene was, yesterday. She was living the high life until then. I watched the scene to see if we could this segment right here, but yeah. there's... Wait. 
And there's like it, the, the the audio is not great, and there's a lot of curse words. Was the actual is Gumar like any kind of girlfriend, or is it specifically like uh, a mafia's mistress? I think it's a mafia's mistress. It's like it's a okay. I, I think so. But uh, any anybody in the mob weigh in on the text page on the trailer yeah, trailer wheel and frame text page. Um, yeah, it's a slang word used to describe the mistress of a. Well, that's on uh, Urban Dictionary. Yeah. So, uh. Uh, back to T. Higgins. What would you say if the Texans traded this 12th overall pick for T. Higgins, who they would have to pay? This is a Devontae Adams, a kind of a poor man's Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill trade here. I, a couple of draft I picks for I, an yeah, expensive receiver. I think that the, the stage the Texans are in right now, this is not the Bills trading for Stefan Diggs. You need to be using those draft picks on finding your own T. Higgins. Um, so I wouldn't be – I mean, I'd be intrigued by it, but I wouldn't be stoked about it. I just – I feel like at this point, you know, trade your draft picks away later in the stage. Yeah. Right now, get young guys, develop them, and um, save your money. Because, like, you said the exact important thing. You'd be giving up a draft pick plus having to pay him veteran money. Yep. And it just doesn't make sense right now. He, well, I don't think Higgins will be at that Devontae Adams level yeah. of salary, but it'll be expensive. It'll be more than Brandon Cooks, yeah. who you're already paying right now. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.